0: very good morning everyone blessed easter indeed christ is risen yeah today is the happiest day of the christian calendar where we celebrate the resurrection of our lord jesus just three days ago on good friday we saw uh, the defeat of ai just to recap the sermon very briefly we saw how one man's sin affected an entire nation so that the glorious promises of god could not be fulfilled on good friday We also saw the defeat of Jesus, the so-called defeat of love, I, you know, the Chinese uh, canipering letters, AI, spelled for the Chinese word I, love, when Jesus hung on the cross. And today we will see how God turns all these seemingly terrible situations around. We will see how God uses the defeat at AI for his glory and how God uses the death of Jesus to accomplish his grand purposes. But first, let us go to the Lord in prayer before I read the scripture to us. Jesus, our resurrected Lord, we glorify your name, we bless your name this morning. Come and reign right now in this place, over our hearts, over our lives. Demonstrate once again your resurrection power in how midst today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen so let me just read from joshua chapter 8 verses 1 uh, to 2 and then we'll skip to verse uh, 14 from there let's see how god turned the situation for joshua around at the battle of ai and then the lord said to joshua do not be afraid do not be discouraged take the whole army with you and go up and attack ai for i have delivered into your hands the king of ai his people his city and his land you shall do to ai and his kings as you did to Jericho and its king, except that you may carry off their plunder and livestock for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the city. We jump to verse 14. When the king of Ai saw this, that means Joshua and his people, uh, he and all the men of the city hurried out early in the morning to meet Israel in battle at a certain place overlooking the Arabah. But he did not know that an ambush had been set against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel let themselves be driven back before them, and they fled toward the wilderness. And all the men of Ai were called to pursue them, and they pursued Joshua, and were lured away from the city. Not a man remained in Ai or battle who did not go after Israel. They left the city open and went in pursuit of Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Hold out toward Ai the javelin that is in your hand, for into your hand I will deliver the city. So Joshua held out toward the city the javelin that was in his hand. And as soon as they did this, the men in the ambush rose quickly from the position and rushed forward. They entered the city and captured it and quickly set it on fire. The men of Ai looked back and saw the smoke of the city rising up into the sky. But they had no chance to escape in any direction. The Israelites who had been fleeing to the wilderness had turned back against their pursuers. For when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had had taken the city and that smoke was going up from it, they turned around and attacked. The men of Ai, those in the ambush, also came out of the city against them, so that they were caught in the middle, with Israelites on both sides. Israel cut them down, leaving neither survivors nor fugitives. But they took the king of Ai alive and brought him to Joshua. When Israel had finished killing all the men of of Ai in the fields, in the wilderness where they had chased them, and when every one of them had been put to the sword, all the Israelites returned to Ai and killed those who were in it. 12,000 men and women fell that day, all the people of Ai. For Joshua did not draw back the hand that held his javelin until he had destroyed all who lived in Ai. But Israel did carry off for themselves the livestock and the plunder of this city as the Lord had instructed Joshua. This is the word of God. Today's lesson, only one point. God can turn our failures around for good. God can turn our failures, our mistakes, our defeats around for good. There is no one or no situation that is so bad that God cannot redeem or make something beautiful out of it. Let me say that again. There is no one or no situation so bad that God cannot redeem it or make something beautiful out of it. If you recall on Good Friday, we learned about Achan and how his sin brought curse on an entire community So much so that Israel, the entire nation, was defeated at Ai. But now God turns the situation around, utilising that initial defeat to set up an ambush for victory. Notice that it is God. It is God who first gave the instruction to set up the ambush. It's not Joshua who came up with a brilliant plan. No, it's God who instructed Joshua. God was the one who had the intention to turn this bad situation around for good. And so God told Joshua to have a large group of soldiers hide behind the city, ready to ambush, while Joshua would lead a smaller group to attack the city from the front. And when the people of Ai saw Joshua and his troops running away like the previous time, they fell into their trap, completely left their home city unguarded. And that's when the soldiers in the hiding, uh, in the ambush, managed to burn their city and surrounded the people of Ai, eventually destroyed them. And so that's how God used the failure of the first battle at Ai and turn the tables on the people of Ai the second time around. Now, in the same way, when Jesus died on the cross on Good Friday, it did seem that love, I, you know, was defeated. The God of love was crucified. But that's only temporary, because we know that on the third day, on this Easter day, we celebrate that Jesus rose again from the dead, demonstrating that death and sin have been completely defeated. Hallelujah. That's why today is the happiest day of the Christian calendar. In the end, we discover that love wins. The victory of love. Because Jesus rose from the dead. And just as God set up this ambush to defeat the people of Ai, God set up this ambush to defeat Satan. When Jesus hung on the cross, it seemed that evil had won. But God turned the whole situation around for good, for our good and for his glory. Satan thought that he won when God was crucified, but little did Satan know that it was all part of God's grand plan for salvation and redemption. Satan was completely surprised, taken aback by God's surprising move. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, tells us this He, Christ, was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes. We are healed. You know, it's us who have transgressed into forbidden territories. We did what we should not have done. It's us who have committed all the sins and iniquities. And it's us who should be punished, should be chastised. But yet Jesus bore our wounds, our bruises, our weepings, so-called his stripes on the back, literally due to the scourging. And because he did all these for us, we are healed. So God turns that bad situation around for good. Because of what Christ has done on the cross, we can receive that healing. Because of what Christ has done, because He paid the price of the penalty of sin, we can be forgiven. Now, if you were around on a Good Friday and somehow you felt convicted that day of sin and desired to repent, today I want to declare to you that yes, you can be forgiven. We can be forgiven. We can be set free from our guilt. We can have an entirely new life in Christ Jesus. A life free from condemnation, a life filled with hope, a life filled with the power from on high to overcome sin. I'm not sure how many of you sit at the back could see some of the words written on the mask of the dancers. But there are words written there like shame, guilt, cancer, and so on and so forth, sicknesses and shame. But all this, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, are now placed at the foot of the cross. All we need to do really is to put our faith in Jesus to save us, invite him to be the Lord of our lives, and we walk with him as his faithful disciples the rest of our days. So friends, this is the good news of Easter. And that's why it's the greatest day in our Christian calendar. God can turn every situation around, no matter how terrible, how bad it is. God can turn every situation around for good. So no matter how terrible you feel about yourself or your situation, I just want to say again that God can make something beautiful out of our lives, out of that situation. Let's watch the next testimony of how God made someone's life beautiful. Go anywhere without being seen or being asked to do something. I just had no privacy and it was really hard especially as I was going through my teenage years. I spiraled into depression. I cut myself to try and get away from internal turmoil. And then one day, my brother asked me to go to church. Towards the end of the service, I just felt compelled to raise my hand up. I think it was when I felt the compulsion to raise my hand that I felt that hope that, well, maybe, Maybe if I accept Christ, my life could turn around. Today I'm happily married, have got four kids that I absolutely adore. It's like the Bible says, He turns
1: your ashes into beauty.
0: We never knew that about Jocelyn Yeo, right? We always knew her as that famous national swimmer, but we did not know the internal turmoil that she felt and how it led her into the depression. And But yet God... When God entered her life, her life was completely turned around. And God has done this not just for her. Many of us, I think, through our lives, we have seen the grace of God entering our lives and turning our lives completely around for good. Recently, in my devotions, I came across a passage, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 19-22. to Let me just share it with us this morning. The people of the city said to Elisha the prophet, Look, our Lord, this town is well situated, as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into into it, saying, This is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained pure to this day, according to the word Elisha spoken so here we see another situation of how god turned a bad situation around for good the water was bad but once salt was thrown into it the waters were healed and the land became productive once again so i shared this passage with a group of cell leaders uh, who were undergoing training for the class meeting and one of them said to me pastor you know we just studied something about salt a few weeks ago in our small group and the bible says that we are the salt of the earth and so i think, Pastor." You are called to be the sort, the salt that will bring about healing. Not just me, but really all Christians, since we are all the sort of the earth. But that was a real encouragement to me, knowing that the healing service was coming up. But unknown to me, just after this uh, sharing with the cell group leaders, a few days later, a couple came to see me because their 22-week-old fetus did not have a gallbladder. They went through several scans, but still the gallbladder could not be found. Normally, this is not very alarming at this stage uh, uh, of this pregnancy because it could, you know, appear later on. But the doctor also found an extra vein in the umbilical cord. And so, put these two uh, together, there is an 18% chance of deformity in the fetus. For a 22-week-old fetus, this is uh, shocking news for the parents. You have to make a decision very soon. What do we do? Do we want to keep this baby or not? Or do we want to trust God? Naturally, this was a devastating piece of news for the couple. But I shared with them this same passage, 2 Kings chapter 2. Prayed with them. And thanks be to God that week itself, when they went for another scan, the gallbladder is found and entirely normal in size. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. You know, I don't know what kind of situations you face or what problems you have in your life, but I want to assure you that God can turn every situation around for good. Every single situation. Only let us trust Him. Let us trust Him. And interestingly, in these past two weeks, I've seen God heal two frozen shoulders, one major toothache. I didn't go out looking for them. They came, just happened to be there. And I'm trusting God. You know, as God has healed them, God will heal us again today. Now, when it comes to trusting God, really, there are two aspects. Trust Is demonstrated through obedience and perseverance. Obedience and perseverance. Trusting God means, first of all, we must obey, just as Joshua did. And that means there must be some action. Joshua had to obey by setting up the ambush. He couldn't just trust God and did nothing. To trust God means obeying, and obeying means taking action. I'm not sure how many of you have ever took part in this uh, activity called Trust Fall. Sounds familiar? Essentially, you will stand on higher ground, like a chair, you know, or a platform, and then your friends will stand on the ground below, and your back will be facing your friends. Your friends below will be holding their hands together, so that when you fell backwards, they will catch you. And so it's called a Trust Fall, because you have to trust your friends to catch you as you lean backwards. That's it. Okay, that sounds so simple. Any takers want to try? (laughs) Uh, You all don't trust your friends? (laughs) But that's the idea of trust. Trust in this case means you must be willing to lean back and trust your friends to catch you. And for us as Christians, that means we lean back on the everlasting arms of God. If we just stand there saying to ourselves, yes, I trust my friends, I trust my friends, but you keep standing there, There's no trust at all. It's only when we lean back that trust is demonstrated through action. And that is why the lyrics of the familiar hymn goes, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That obedience part is so crucial to trust. And so when we want to trust Jesus, we must to take action and express our belief in Him. Just like Jocelyn Yeo did in the short video testimony, she raised her hands. That's a sign of action, taking action to put that faith in Jesus. And so towards the end of this sermon, I will give you this chance for those of us who have not yet received Jesus into your lives, to just raise your hands later on and we'll be glad to just support you to grow as a Christian, to pray with you. And the other challenge I want to give to some of us is public acknowledgement of Jesus being our Lord and Saviour through baptism. And so if you have not been baptised, or if you were baptised as a kid but now you want to confirm your faith, please sign up for the baptism and membership classes as a public declaration, taking concrete steps and action to declare that Jesus indeed is your Lord and Saviour. Now the second aspect of trust I think is more important and often unspoken, and that's why I want to put more emphasis on this. The second aspect is perseverance. If you read the text carefully, even though God gave the instruction to set up the ambush, Joshua relied on God every step of the way. Yes, God gave the instructions, but Joshua did not just take the instructions and just ran with it by himself without consulting God ever again. No. Joshua, for example, raised his javelin only upon God's command. That's verse 18. See, so when Joshua heard the Lord say, raise your hold out in your hand that javelin. That's when he raised it and the ambush took place. He had to rely on God's timing. And then right to the very end, he only put down his javelin upon the Lord's command, verse 26. So from the very first step till the last step, Joshua relied on God. And that's persevering faith. Trusting God all the way. Not just at the start of your life, but every stage of your life. You know, as modern people, we can be very impatient and I'm guilty of this myself. We want things to be done so quickly. We are in search of quick solutions and we find it very difficult to wait. To wait upon God especially. Wait for God's timing. And even worse, we often demand a quick solution that we have forgotten how to persevere. To work hard through perseverance, endurance to achieve success, and results. And many of us unfortunately bring this flawed mentality over into our Christian lives too, and we don't know how to wait and to persevere in God's ways. On Good Friday, we saw how Achan uh, coveted the plunder from Jericho and as a result brought curse on the entire community. You know, if only Achan had waited. If only he had waited here in the very next battle, he could have gotten all the plunder he wanted. But in his greed, in his impatience, he did something that was forbidden. If only Achan had trusted God, waited for God's timing, and persevered in the ways of God, he would have gotten the plunder and preserved his life. Friends, again, I do not know what situation you are facing or waiting for God's answers. Perhaps the answer has not come on time as you have hoped for or expected. Perhaps you are still waiting for the fulfilment of God's promises. If that's you, remember this. The silence between Good Friday and Easter does not mean that nothing is happening. The silence between Good Friday and Easter does not mean that nothing is happening. God has a divine clock. He has perfect timing. We must learn to wait, to persevere, endure, and never give up hope. Of course, uh, before God gave the instructions for the ambush, for Joshua went to raise and put down his javelin, God also had to remind Joshua of the very instructions, first instructions he gave to him in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, which is, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. You see, Joshua, after the defeat, was naturally discouraged, right? How could it be that we were defeated? But So God said that word to him again, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. And I know that some of us here continue to face battles in our lives And I believe you need to hear the same word again today. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Therefore, be strong, be courageous. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So hold on to that. hope, Hold on to God's promises. Persevere in your faith. Again, this is a, a factor that is commonly neglected in our walk with God our lack of follow-through, our lack of perseverance, is a major reason why many of us fail to grow as mature Christians and fail to appropriate all the rich promises of God. In the famous parable of the sower, where seeds were sown on four different soils, only one type of soil bore fruit. And many of us, uh, we are familiar with this parable, so I won't explain it. However, have you ever asked yourselves, why did some crops yield a hundred times? whereas some others only yielded 60 times and some others only 30 times. Why? They all fell on good soil, right? So what's the difference? Well, if you look at the three Gospels, in progression, you'll see the difference. The Gospel of Matthew says the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. The Gospel of Mark says it refers to people who hear the word and accept it. So there is already some kind of progression From understanding to acceptance, and then finally, when it comes to the Gospel of Luke, it reveals to us what makes the most difference. It says, The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by perseverance, by persevering, persevering, produce a crop. It is perseverance that will make us most fruitful. As a Christian, those who bear the most fruit a hundred times are not only those who hear the Word of God, accept it, retain it, but those who persevere in it regardless of the circumstances of our lives. So, perseverance in the ways of God, perseverance in obedience is ultimately what distinguishes the mature Christian from the mere Christian. Yes, we are all saved by grace as Christians through faith. And none of us can claim any credit to this because God has done everything for us. But not all Christians will be equally fruitful. Yes, we are all saved by grace, but not all of us will be equally fruitful. And the key difference lies in perseverance. The Christian who has the greatest perseverance is the Christian who is most victorious. The Christian with the most perseverance is the Christian with the most who is going to be the most victorious, and surprisingly, the Christian who is most victorious may not necessarily be the one who has already overcome everything, conquered every obstacle in life, but one who perseveres in trusting God always, as this next testimony shows again another familiar face let 's watch this testimony.
1: Hi, my name is Raphael Chiu Choming. Why I call myself Raphael? Because Raphael stands for God has healed. In medical terms, I diagnosed with muscular atrophy. But in Christ, I'm healed. Actually in 2006, 7 or 8 during this period of time, I felt myself got no strength. I can't even carry things. Even though I sit on a chair, I got difficulties to get up. Until 2008, I stepped in the church, I told myself, Hey, must be garang, no, Gango, ho chuyung you are strong enough. You cannot cry, you know, understand? I said, yes. But once they sing the worship song, Dancing my soul, while my soul start crying, I feel very joyful. La, and I feel I'm renewed. So on that night, 2008, 30th of August, I accepted Christ. So next day, I followed my wife to her church. Happens that I met pain care specialist, so he checked for me. He said, Chong Ming, I think you got muscular atrophy." I said, what is that? He said, "Hong kid is muscle QG? The muscle, towing, 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 smaller and smaller, that's it. I said, ha, Like that, like. how? Ah? He said, name, name, uh, look for a second, opinion. So doctor check. Wow, the doctor checked. The doctor checked, look at me, checked, look at me, checked, look at me, checked his head. I was scared, you know, I said, doctor, what happened? You see, I feel very sad, you know, Mr. Chiu. Because, you know, it's a terminal illness. So, within 18 24 months, sayonara. See, say, wow, God, take me 40 years to know you. The day I know you, I'm going to see you. I said, cannot lie that day. I want to see another doctor. I look for the Singapore most famous doctor. So, before I'm going to see him, I went to a toilet, cubicle, and I prayed simply cry and, cry and cry and cry and cry and pray and pray but God is so good I know that God is with me I tell myself it's the total submission even though if even die so what I'm not really dying I just go to heaven and join star search Ta-da, oh, then we'll start awards. <laughs> whatever it is I say God never mind I trust in you if I really go upstairs take care of my wife my daughter my mom that's it okay I told you, la. I go upstairs. La. So then when i go going to see the doctor, the third doctor, suddenly after they checked up, there, touched me and they said, you won't die because of this sickness. You still live maybe another 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, I don't know. But of course, you have to do some adjustment in your lifestyle. But thank God, until now, I still can drive, I still can walk. Every day when I walk, I do my some daily routine stuff. I might feel some uh, weakness in my leg. I'll just lay my hand and I pray and talk to God. God, give me the strength. I need to walk. I need to do flamingo. You know, not for my own self. I want to glorify you. And most importantly, I want to share the gospel. If you really want, don't mind. Open up your heart and share with you the gospel. It will give you hope. Not me give you hope. Only Jesus can give you hope. Because of Jesus, everything will turn out good. We invite you to the celebration of hope, 17-19 May, 2019 at National Stadium. We will see you there.
0: Praise the Lord for that. I think many of us are familiar with his life, right? And testimony, and truly he's, a, I think, demonstrating what it means to persevere trusting God regardless of what's happening in his own life and situation, and I believe God has used him truly to make a difference to proclaim the gospel. As we conclude this Easter Sunday message, I just want to say that death may take away one's life, but death cannot silence one's life. Death may take away one's life, but death can never silence one's life, especially if that life is lived for God especially if that life is lived for God. And young Harold was one such life. Although his life was short, his life really shone brightly for Jesus. His life and story were recently published on Singaporean Christian website, Sought and Light, and also in our church's uh, Journey magazine. If you need a copy, you can ask from the usher's data on. So Harold was diagnosed with osteosarcoma and underwent emergency operations in 2015 And against all odds, he went through the operations unscathed, and after seven cycles of chemotherapy and 28 radiotherapy sessions later, he was declared to be in remission on May 30th, 2016. Unfortunately, his reprieve was short-lived. A PET scan in 2017 revealed new nodules in his lungs, and Harold eventually underwent another two cycles of chemotherapy as well as three operations between September and October 2017. You know, while most of us who have crumbled under such pain and duress, Harold chose then, even then in his pain and suffering, to enroll in Trackers, our annual uh, track discipleship program for young people, for three months. And he even volunteered to be the group leader to lead the team to Timor Leste, demonstrating a life that is fully devoted to God. And this picture you see up there, that's him, part of the worship team. Last Easter. Those who knew Harold would say things like, Harold never lost his heart of service, despite his arduous journey. Cancer may devastate the body, but it does nothing to the spirit centered on God. And in God's perfect timing, Harold passed away peacefully, or rather called home June 13, 2018. As someone who had the privilege to walk with Harold, in this journey of life and death, truly I can testify that this young man's life really shone brightly for Jesus. And death may have taken away his life, but death can never silence his life. And so Harold, in his life, demonstrated an unwavering, persevering faith until the very end. Easter also reminds us that death is we have sent Jesus to the grave, but death cannot silence the grave. Jesus rose again from the dead, and that gives us the greatest hope ever. We will meet with Harold and with all of our loved ones who are in Christ Jesus one day. What is called for on our part is obedience and perseverance. Obedience and perseverance. As the story of AI teaches us, God can redeem even our defeats and turn our situations around for his good, for his glory, our good. Easter reminds us that the cross and the grave are not the final word in life. Instead, God's final word is resurrection and life. God can turn our ashes into beauty, as the testimony of Jocelyn Yo we saw earlier. Chu Chou life shows us a persevering faith, looking to God whether it's on earth or to go up, call up to God in heaven. And again, young Harold's life is a shining example of how even death cannot silence one's life, especially if one's life is lived for God. May we all learn to trust, obey, and persevere as all of them did. Because God not only makes a difference in our lives, God also wants to use our lives to make a difference. not only will God make a difference in our lives, and I believe He will make a difference in our lives today, just as He did at the 8 a.m. service, people were healed testimonies were given. I believe God will indeed make a difference in our lives today for those of us who need it. But I believe also God wants to use our lives to proclaim hope to the world, to use our lives to make a difference to Singapore, to the people around us. So at this moment, I want to give an invitation to two groups of people. The first group are for those who wish to believe in Jesus for salvation. You don't have not considered yourself ever to be a Christian, but today you say, God, I want to be a Christian for the very first time in my life. Or maybe you have been a Christian for a while, but you backslided, and today somehow we are compelled by God, you decided to come back to church again, and you say, God, I want to rededicate my life to you. I want to return to you. If that's you but somehow you feel that you may be irredeemable, you may have committed the worst mistakes, I want to tell you that God will still welcome you back home. God will always welcome his children back home, no matter how terrible we may be. As Jocelyn's life shows, God will always welcome his children home. And so all over this place, I will not ask us to close our eyes, but if you feel that prompting, and say, God, I want to return to you as your child, can I ask you to just raise your hands? All over this place. God, I want to believe in you. Jesus, I want to believe in you for the first time in my life. Or I want to return to you. I have fallen away, but now I want to come back from, to you. Anyone here? The Century? Yes, I see your hand back there. Anyone else? Yes, I see your hand. Those of uh, the prayer ministers or ushers, if you see these hands, uh, please follow up with them after the service. Just walk with them, explain to them again once, what it means to come back to God as a child of God. So before I close this invitation for this segment, make sure I don't miss out anyone. Anyone want to receive Christ for the very first time in your life? Or want to return to Him? Okay, so I think those of us uh, who have raised our hands, the ushers who have taken note, uh, or the prayer who have taken note, we will follow up with you. Now the second invitation are for those of us who wish for God to touch us today, Uh, God to heal us or also our family members we can stand in proxy for them perhaps you've waited a long time for God's healing and you feel discouraged I want to encourage you don't lose hope don't lose hope the silence between Good Friday and Easter Sunday doesn't mean that nothing is happening don't ask me why God has his timing like that I do not know but we persevere and trust God and so I want to encourage you come once again for healing and before I just open up for ministry time, I want to read out to you some of these uh, words of knowledge that we received by our prayer ministers. In case you do not know, every time we have a healing service, I'll get the prayer ministers to come together and they will pray. And they wait upon God, God, who are you going to bring to our healing service today? And so they did that for 8 a.m. and now they did it also for the 10.30 service. And so these are new fresh words of knowledge. And so if I... Uh, Describe these situations describe you, I want you to know that God knows about your suffering and wants to touch you. Alright? First of all, someone saw a vision of a hand, looks like his left hand, but not very sure, bracket there. This person is having problems with the hand, probably pain or even had an operation. Looks like the person may have had metal plates to support the hand, maybe an accident. So if that's you, God wants to touch you, heal your hand. Another word of knowledge Someone who walks with a limp, our MP, a limp. You turn your sorrow into laughter. Next, someone with an eye condition. So if you need healing in the eye. Next, I saw an old lady with white hair on a wheelchair stand up. Is that you? So I thought I saw someone like that earlier in the service, uh, right? And then the next few. Spinal cancer, broken leg, muteness of a friend or family member. Spinal cancer, broken leg, muteness of a friend or family member. If that's you, I want you to know that God definitely will want to touch you today. But if some of the reasons you came for healing are not what I've just read out, don't worry. God is the God of abundance. And there's always overflowing grace and healing to all who come to Him. So let's pray. Uh, invite those of us who need prayers for healing, whether it's called out or not to come forward. Can I get the ministry team to help? Uh, worship team to help? The prayer leaders, the uh, prayer ministers, can you just come up to the front first so we can minister to those in need of healing? As for myself, when I was worshipping, I have a very clear sense to pray for those with cancer. As we were singing the song, what a powerful name. I just got the impression, you know, that Every name must bow to Jesus. And cancer has a name. <laughs> and so cancer must bow to the name of Jesus too. And so for those of us who need prayers of healing, can I just invite you to come forward, approach any of these prayer ministers wearing this dark blue t-shirt. We'll begin just to pray with you and uh, let's see how the Lord will demonstrate his glory and goodness again in our midst today. Come, let's come forward. Don't be shy. This is the time to receive that gift that you have been looking for. A healing. Come. We want to especially pray for those with cancer.